This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. On today's show, we are a few days away from Thanksgiving, and then Christmas is right around the corner. So we're going to talk with Brianna Deerwester from Electrical Safety Foundation International about winter electrical safety, from uh, hanging Christmas lights to proper use of electrical heaters. Also, we welcome back Pam Pibas from Inspect It Like a Girl to help with your home improvement projects we're uh, we're not taking any calls today but we are always taking emails you can send your question and comments to fix it 101 at mpbonline.org how are you guys doing this morning man doing great yeah, fantastic. Doing, doing great and fantastic. What happened yes. on the way into work? I know. You guys right, didn't right. see any traffic, I'm guessing. No, there was zero traffic. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't I didn't put the brakes on one time. Right. Well, they heard you were coming. Yeah, true. Clear the way. Yeah, You're Java chimes in with it's a sunshine day and we all hold Yes. Hands. So, good. Good. How about you, Pam? Couldn't be better. Really? Love this weather. Man. Yeah, right now. Yes. 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 Yeah. Oh, it's great at the moment. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Crawling in those attics is not so hard right now. It's weird, though, because, you know, you drag out everything, including the hat, you know, when it's, you know, under you 30. You need a hat. Outside. You actually I do need, need a hat. hat. Yeah. I do need a hat. But, <laughs> but you drag out everything. You have the big puffy coat and the hat and everything else. And then it's 73. Yeah. Because, you know, it is. That's that's how we roll in Mississippi. In Mississippi. That's our thing. So uh, what have you guys been working on, Jeff? Well, let's see. We have uh, we've got a couple bathroom remodels going on. They're always exciting. We've got a kitchen. We've got is exciting a, really what you want in uh, home remodeling? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. Yeah, I, I like it. And now we've like we you've have never done a real awesome dull transformation. <laughs> no, no, yeah, real dull one. Hey, man, that's a real dull job I was there, buddy. Bored out of my mind yeah. doing that and tile. Um, everybody was asleep. Right. We're, yeah, we're we we contracted to replace um, about twenty windows in an apartment complex. So we'll we'll be taking the windows out, putting new ones in. Uh, sounds um, very complicated. In fact, it is very easy to do it. Uh, in fact, a homeowner. Uh, with very little carpentry experience could remove their existing windows and install new. It it is that simple. I would highly recommend that you do that on a warm day. True. Let me say, let me say that as, you know, the guy that tries everything first, I have done this (laughs) and it's, uh, it is not bad at all. I will say, it's really not. I will say, do not do this without a buddy. You need a buddy on this. You one. need a buddy. This is a buddy job. And and then you know people people may be saying, well, Jeff, it's it's my my, my windows are going to be hard because it's in brick. No. Well, no, it's not. Take um, you want to talk about how to do that right quick or no? You know what? Go. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it very quick. It's it's you take your tape measure, go to the outside, measure the the smallest opening in the brick. Okay. And, and order your window one quarter inch smaller than that smallest opening. And don't you think we should measure twice? Absolutely. Now, I'm going to measure the top, the middle, and the bottom of that window opening brick to brick. And it's going to vary by a little bit. That's what and that quarter inch is for, though. Exactly. So order that window a quarter inch smaller all the way around. 
Uh-huh. You put it in the hole. You can you'll you'll fill that up with with caulk. Order that window with no nailing fin. Mm-hmm. Take your other window out. Remove the trim on the inside, or you can take a vibrating, I uh, call it a fine tool, and mm-hmm. cut the nails off of the trim and leave the trim intact right. and pull the window out from the outside, collapse mm-hmm. it and pull it out. Now, I don't want to get too complicated here. It's, I'm making a lot more out of this deal than it is. It is very simple. <laughs> Take your time. Order. So order, says the contractor. Order, order a vinyl window mm-hmm. a quarter inch smaller than your smallest opening mm-hmm. and, and put your new window in. Okay, having done this myself, I didn't have to do it on brick, thankfully. Yeah. I've, not, I've not had to do that. That's but, the hardest one. Brick is right. the hardest. So I did I just kind of regular siding home, and, and, and I was able to peel back some of the siding just around the window so I wouldn't damage it, you know. Yep. And, and, um, and after that, I, I never, it never occurred to me that someone had nailed <laughs> my window to the piece of wood that held it into place. It never occurred to me how a window oh, gets there sure, in the first place. Sure, yeah, through the through the nailing fin. <laughs> right, right. So so uh, then it was it was just reverse engineering from there. Well, we have to take these nails out to get the window out. And believe me, if this thing was put in in a certain way, once you take this is that whole buddy thing we mentioned. Once you take that last nail out, she's a coming. Oh yeah. It, it, so so you want to you gotta you gotta be ready to catch it. And glass is heavy, folks. So that's why you want your buddy. Yeah, and you know, wear your gloves. Obviously, you don't yes. want to cut yourself, and your safety, right. uh, your safety equipment, your goggles. And but I was able to mark where that previous window was almost exactly. When I took the other one out, I looked at the mark lines. They, the uh, what'd you call it? The nailing nailing fin. The nailing fin uh, didn't match exactly the old nailing fin, but you could measure it off perfectly, and it sat in there. And I used a level. And got those first couple of screws in. Yes, I use screws because it's what I do. Yeah, but, screws are uh, fine. But uh, got the first couple of screws in diagonally. Got yep. it set, and we were ready to go. Put all the rest of the screws in. Put the siding back up under the lip of the trim, and we're ready. Yeah, to go. After you put your window tape on it. Yes. 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 And your head flashing. No, what all that was done. Flashing. What's flashing? <laughs> by, the, by the time. <laughs> Wait a minute. I didn't what? think this was going to be so It's hard. like HGTV. It just happens, you know, in three well, minutes. Well, true. That's right. right. Yeah. I oh, forgot. Yeah. Add That's the commercial, me. 15 minutes. So now after we've talked for 12 minutes, let's talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hannah, what are you guys doing? I'm inspecting the windows that homeowners are putting in. Right. The <laughs> yeah. ones that Jason just put in. <laughs> right. This window's a little wiggly. Wonder why. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Klein did that one. So, so, oh yeah, accepted. Uh, so, so when uh, when things are going good, when when all when all you know things are clicking for you, about how many places are you guys inspecting, say per week? Well, when it's all clicking, which is usually in the spring, uh-huh. we have thirty appointments a week. So really? I've wow. got two other inspectors huh. um, working full time plus me. And that depends, you know, if we get a big one, uh-huh. you know, 4,500 square feet, we're doing one a day, uh-huh. or that inspector is. But if they're tiny, we call them cabbage patch, 1,200, 1,500 square feet, we can do two of those a day. Oh, cool. I like that. So so uh, let me ask, if, if, if you're going to be on this show, can you tell us one horrible thing you found in inspection each time you come on? Because that <laughs> itself would be worth the price of admission. Like... Uh, you know, some I know s- she can. Uh, <laughs> yes, 
<laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. I'm telling you. It, well, this um, pipe was coming out of this thing. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, some just one right. Right. That's yeah. what well, we write that up in the report just that way. Some I write. Uh, I have a book in my in my office, and Jeff has seen this book that is, says it, it's named. The name of the book is There. I fixed it, and it's got duct tape all over it and everything else. And it's my father gave me this book when I really first started getting into home improvement because I am the king of I can make it work. Uh, it doesn't have. You're any... not alone. I think there's a whole village of you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, there are. Yes. yes. The handyman, you know, what what these TV shows have done to yes. the homeowner and their houses is uh, yes. just astonishing. <laughs> this is so much fun. Yeah. But you know what's funny, though, is that is that I was uh, reading another article the other day about home improvement, and it's actually come down a little bit. Uh, it's it's slowed just a smidge. Um, and that that was on the latest report that the, the big boxers are slowing a, a smidge. And the the issue is is that uh, the home buying has been slower uh, of the existing homes, uh, meaning the ones that would be more likely to be repaired. Those they're having a hard time with. This is what I read in the article. With the existing homes, the ones from the '60s and '70s, are still there that meet need the most help. Well, and I think you too. You've got uh, it's interesting. I think we're seeing our millennials and our younger folks moving into town and mm-hmm. buying older homes because they like the idea of fixing it up. Right. And then you've got the old people like me mm-hmm. <laughs> who don't want to have to come home and deal with a lot of maintenance. Right. Wanting to purchase something that's a little bit newer that we're not going to be able to work on. Right. That we don't have to. I bought a house. My house was built in 58, and I've been working on it ever since. Since 58? <laughs> right. Just <Yeah>. about. <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, <laughs> it was fun. No, listen, I've been no, Look, no. You walked in this room, okay? Uh, <laughs> I've been to Pam's house. Jeff's it, been it there. Is, He's it seen. Is very, very nice. Um, now I do, I do have a little quick story I want to tell you about a a homeowner disaster. We'll call it. Really? Yeah. Go for it. Um, it was a a bank foreclosure. The uh, um, the bank calls me and says, "Look, Jeff, we need to. I need you to." get this house ready to sell. Mm-hmm. So let's go do a home inspection. Uh, kind of a walk around in the bank decides, let's fix this, 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 and let's put it on the market. Right. So we're walking the outside of this particular house, and we look up, and, and someone did a great job of repairing the rotten fascia and cornish around this house. Mm-hmm. The The... The the only mistake they made was the material that they picked to fix it with. Uh-oh. Let me guess. Yeah. Can I guess? Yeah. OSB. How did you know? Because <laughs> I see I, it all the time. I promise okay, you, folks. It, but but let, me, let me tell you what OSB is. All right. When you go to when you go to your home store, box store, whatever for home improvement, this is the stuff that it looks like got put through the shed, uh, the shredder. Yeah, and then and then glued back together. What's right. the word? What's it? Oscillate. No, o- OSB board. stands for Oriented Strand, strand board. board. Right. You'll see it's, a lot of times you'll it, see it's blue or red yeah. or you well, know, it's, got it, it's it's the waste. Right. It's it's the waste in wood products. They and it's very strong. It's very durable. It's a great product for what we use it for. Mm-hmm. We use it for decking. We use it for. Um, 
um, subfloors. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's got its place in the building world. <laughs> Unfortunately, on the outside of your house is not one That's of not them. Not the label on there will tell you. <laughs> not suitable for exterior but, application. But the the <laughs> thing that impressed me so much about this particular house. Mm was how well the cuts were made. I mean, the guy or the girl that did it did a great job. They just bought just terrible used material. the wrong material. product. Yeah, and it was gosh. so sad to see that. And uh, see it all the time. Yeah. That is sad because it's and 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 there's really nothing to be done about that because of the way it's put together. Right. Well it yeah. is not a outside product. It, it yeah. will it will delaminate as soon as it gets wet. So. Can you this question here? Can you put a vinyl product on top of that to try to fix it? Or is I don't the best see thing why you. To... I don't see why you couldn't. Uh, no, but um, but new wood is not cheap for that. It is not expensive for that. Well, I mean. no. I mean, just go get the right. Go get your soffit material and your fascia material, and, right. and um, because the person that did it had talent, they had enough talent to operate a skill saw, but not enough talent to understand they were using the wrong product. Interesting. Or it was the product that showed up. The boss showed up with that product and said, put this up. Yeah. Okay. No, this was this was homeowner. I, uh, I, I'm, okay. I'm almost positive okay. it was homeowner. Okay. Um, and what I think they did was actually take the old product down and trace it. Uh, is how they got their cuts it's not perfect. not a bad idea. Smart. No. So. All right, folks. Uh, you know what? We're going to take a break real quick. We're going to come back. We've got a, a few emails to get to and... We're going to be talking to Brianna Gearwester from Electrical Safety Foundation International about winter electrical safety. We need that. During the winter, it is important your electricity is being used properly, so we'll go over some do's and don'ts for the season and answer some more of your emails, or at least one. Stay tuned. I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with contractor Jeff Simmons from Houseworks and Pam from Inspect Inspect It Like a Girl. I'm going to get that out in one sentence, (laughs) one day. Okay. We're not taking calls today, but you can always send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. I'm loving this. I cannot wait. We've done this segment before in the past during this time of the year. Let's welcome from Electrical Safety Foundation International, their communications coordinator, Brianne Deerwester. How are you? Good. How are you? Very good. So I have butchered your name a couple times on the air, and I will have to apologize for that. That is just but, fine. Okay, so look, we've uh, we've talked to you guys in the past during this time of year uh, because it's it's about to get real uh, with heaters. It's about to get real with Christmas lights and holiday lights, and um, and I know you guys love to get some information out this time of year. What is your big selling point this year? Of course. So that really is to be prepared and be aware of the hazards of the season. And that includes everything from your space heaters to decorating properly. Okay. Uh, well, let, uh, 
with the winner here, Christmas lights uh, from the garage or the attic for another year of use. What advice do you have to share before they go up? Like these, you know, like if someone stored lights last year, uh, is there any advice to uh, check those? Or what, I mean, what what can you do? Should you reuse the lights? Yes, definitely check all of the lights and decorations and extension cords for damage before using because cracked and frayed sockets, loose or bare wires, or loose connections may cause a serious shock or start a fire. Should I worry about the fact that these things were out in the elements last year and they might, I don't know, are they still good? They will be. You just should check them just to ensure their safe use. Okay. Uh, now, you also have a campaign about the uh, 12 dangers of Christmas. You guys yes. really need a song. Real I bad. know. We really do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So this is in conjunction with the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission and the uh, home, in home Depot is educating Americans about safety concerns associated with holiday entertaining. Tell me about that. Yes. It's just really imperative to be aware that these exist because people might not know. And the holidays, as festive as they are, they can be extremely hazardous if you're not safe during the season. Right. So, so we're being we're being kind of vague. Tell us specifically, like uh, when we're talking when we're talking, uh, let's go to heaters. Okay, that's another thing. Let's just take holidays out of this and just go cold. With Perfect. cold, there's you know there's uh, if you walk into any store, there. Uh, any infinite number of brands and types of heaters out there from metal little heaters that sit in on your desk or, or big heaters that radiate from the floor. What do we need to look at this year for safety there? Of course, you first want to ensure that you are buying it from a reputable retailer and that it has been inspected by a national recognized testing lab such as UL Intertech or CSA. And when you're plugging them in, make sure you're not plugging a space and heater into an extension cord or a power strip because that can start a fire. This is my most fa- favorite fun thing to talk about. I have to admit, Brianne, because I'm going to ask now that Java get on the headphones because uh, <laughs> we, we've been working together for a few years now and, and we've got it. We've got a. You do, this every, you do this every year, man. You, you, you <laughs> call me drag out. out, drag out my story because I did the exact thing Brienne said not to do, <laughs> and I plugged it into an, um, um, I think it was an a extension. power strip. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a power strip because um, it just wouldn't reach, you know, as far as I needed it to reach, and I melted it to the power strip. Like after a while, it just would not come out of that power strip. So it, it melted into the plastic. It was there. It was there, yeah. and so you know when I became aware, I threw the entire contraption because that's what it turned into one big contraption. Right, and I just threw it away because that was that that was a fire hazard. I knew that from from looking from looking at it. I knew it was a fire hazard. I'm just glad you didn't burn up, John. Melted yeah, plastic I, didn't give it away. I, I can picture this. He's Not got, for lack of trying. He may have like 20 cords coming out right, of this yeah. one receptacle. <laughs> it was a mess, man. It was a mess. Oh no! So, well, I'm glad you were okay. Well, and and uh, so and Jeff does a lot of work with um, uh, remodeling from uh, insurance claims like fires uh, in homes. So he's accustomed to seeing these sort of things in homes, especially with heaters. 
and lights. Tell me about lights. Now, I asked a question probably five years ago of you guys about, and this was back in, uh, most everybody was still getting rid of their incandescent stock of lights at this point. So uh, we were still asking the questions like, how many uh, strings of lights can you put together at one time and be safe? At that time when we were on incandescent, it was three, if I recall, mm-hmm. from ESFI. So three yes, is as high is as you correct. can go. So, so does that hold true with LED lights? Yes. You just want to avoid plugging that many in together. Okay. Just to continue to be safe. Okay, so so still three lights together. Um, but, but you know what you can do, and I've seen these. What's that? Is they have those real long power strip things that uh-huh. you can put up the trunk of the tree, and you bring them around, and it's made specifically for decorating the tree. It's the coolest thing ever. Which tree? Your Christmas tree, dude. Oh, I thought you meant a tree out in the no, yard or well, something. No, weren't we talking about Christmas? <laughs> oh, see, I, I'm, I'm working on the... <laughs> what was in your coffee, man? No, no, no. I, I'm working on the blow-up ornaments in the yard. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, what? Tell You're me about... in the house. Right. Hey, uh, Brianne, tell me about those blow-up ornaments. You see those everywhere, and if you really look at them, each one of them's got a little motor on it, right? Yeah. Every one of them. Have you ever seen any issues with the blow-up stuff? Personally, no, but you should be plugging all of your outdoor electrical lights, including those blow-up decorations, uh-huh. into a ground fault circuit interrupter or a portable GFCI. Right, uh, for folks that don't know what that is, it's uh, you know the outlet in your home, in your kitchen, or your bathroom that has the button that says test and reset? That's the GFI kind of outlet thingy. Don't and, forget the one in the garage that's behind all the boxes. Yeah. Right, right. Also... Uh, you can actually buy one of these at, at your home store or your hardware store. You can buy a kind of a portable GFI, and I've got one right now that stakes, believe it or not, it's made for the holidays. It stakes into the ground. You can stake it into the ground. It has the GFI test and reset on there. So so you can plug in. It has a little cover for rain and whatnot. You can plug in. And, and it stays in the ground near your ornaments and whatever you need to get close to, and you can leave it there all year. And if you, get a, if you have a problem, you can check that GFI first before you get into your home. Well, and if it keeps popping off, something's wrong. Right, right. You've know, you got too much plug <laughs> It's in. telling you something. Right. So what's a, uh, uh, another thing to consider during uh, the winter? Is, is there a particular type of heater in a particular type of situation that we need to stay away from, Brianne? Just anything that has not been tested by one of those laboratories. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? Thank you. Is there, is there one last overarching message that you'd like to get out to everyone that you think this is going to save lives? What would that be? Of course, just be safe, enjoy the season, but keep an eye on these hazards, and you'll be okay. All right. Thank you, Brianne. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great day. All right. Let's keep moving. We've got an email here, uh, and this is this is going to be interesting. This is from Caroline, all right, and this is going a little, a little deep, so I'm going to test you guys here. Mm. All right. Let's do the show from time to time and now have a problem which might be just right for the show. We noticed a wet spot on the interior wall underneath a light switch. Bum, bum, bum. I removed the plate and the switches and saw that water 
is in the box and dripping in over a wire. I could see a drip accumulate. Also, there seems to be some moisture on the yellow big wire, which I can see through a gap between the top of the box and the drywall. Is this a problem for an electrician, or do I need to call a wall or insulation contractor? I fear replacing the light receptacle with an insulated one will not be enough. No. Any helpful comments are appreciated. <laughs> and go. Let's see. We've got water. Okay, yes. <laughs> Coming out of the attic. The big yellow line, I assume, is Romex, Romex, whatever you call it. Yeah, that's, that's just your, that's your 10, 12. Right power wall but i mean let, let's 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 get to the root of the problem it's an interior wall mm-hmm. uh so uh, there's something in the attic leaking right and it's coming down through the hole that they drilled in the top plate that was not fire caulked it sounds like um or it could be running around yeah that's that's not fair so anyway there's a leak in the attic either right. either coming from water heater um your furnace is up there you've you've got plumbing pipes there yes. you've got all kind of things in your attic something's leaking yeah that's and my take be, yeah and i'm thinking you know what i'll see is if it's a pex line running through that wall sure. and they, and it got hit with a nail and then they, they don't Ooh, leak right away that's right They'll kind of hold it for a while, and then that that pipe will vibrate, the pecs will vibrate, and then it starts dripping. Caroline, I don't know if you you heard that or got that, but what she's saying is that that the possibility of this was just a mistake, an accident of someone kind of piercing the line in that wall Mm -hmm. and making it, you know, but it would, unless you saw something and it would take time to accumulate, you would notice it for quite a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we use, at Inspect It Like a Girl, we use that thermal camera. There are some inspectors in town that have those, Uh and you may want to give them a call to come in. And what the thermal does is it opens up a window, Mm -hmm. a thermal window. And Mm -hmm. you can see if you've got a thermal anomaly above that and Uh pinpoint where the water is. So if halfway up the wall you've got a problem, it's probably a pipe in the wall. True. But if it's up in the ceiling, if there's a stain or something or there's a thermal anomaly in the ceiling, Jeff's right. It could be from the water heater or the air conditioner. And are you noticing this in the winter or in the summer? Because if it's in the summer, it's probably your air conditioner. Sure. If it's in the winter, it's more likely a water heater issue. Now, as strange as this sounds, too, we've we've (laughs) we've done. I don't know how we've been this lucky for this long. But we've we've put on a few roofs as we're nailing the shingles. Uh-huh. We have hit a water line. Yeah, yeah. And people say, how in the world could you hit a water line putting on a shingle? Well, the plumber that installed the water line ran the water line up so high right. that it got close to the OSB or the decking. Right. And when we drove the nail through the the shingle into mm-hmm. the decking. We were lucky enough to hit the water line, and then we were lucky enough to pay for the damage because we did it. Yeah. So, nice. Nice. You know, yeah. Again, go back to the root of the, the problem. on the next put, shop. Put the put the water line where it belongs, and up next to the OSB is not where it belongs. Not where it's supposed to go. Okay. So. Wow. Man, that was fun. Okay, folks, uh, it's time for another break. We want to thank uh, Brianne uh, Deerwester for joining us, and she is the Communications Coordinator for Electrical Safety Foundation International and can be reached for more electrical safety tips at ESFI.org. Stay tuned for more Fix It 101 after the break. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts 
bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Jeff Simmons from Houseworks. Our guest for the day is ASHI certified home inspector Pam from Inspect It Like a Girl. <laughs> yes! Do you want me to tell you I what that, that is? I, you know what? You can fill in those blanks. Yes. Ashy. Ashy. American Society of Home Inspectors. Oh, so can I just say Ashy? Yeah, just say Ashy. Ashy certified? Or you don't have to say that at all. Really? Yeah, you she's can just say Pam inspector. with it. Yeah, just say yeah. she's okay. a home inspector. Cool. All right. <laughs> so let's go real quick before uh, we move on to some November maintenance. I got another email here, and this one is interesting, okay? We had a, a gentleman on the show a little while back uh, that spoke to this. So here we go. My dryer is taking two cycles to properly dry clothes. Man, I've been there. I hate that. We're not sure if the vent of the dryer itself, we're not sure if it's the vent. Uh, the vent is the kind that goes into the attic and out the roof. Um, we've tried to feel into the vent, and we don't feel a blockage, but we can't get very far. Is there something we can do to check it? Uh, what would be reasonable price to have someone come look at it? Hole up. Um, one of the things you can do, uh, they actually sell something for this. And, and as far as DIY goes, you can give this a shot. Uh, the shot is they make a dryer vent cleaner, and it's basically a brush head on very long nylon poles that you put on the end of a, a drill, uh, and it'll go up to about 20 feet. And you take this, and you can screw different sections on and go all the way down there. I cleaned mine uh, a couple of times and talked about it on the show here, but... The first time I ever did mine, uh, the the brush head, it's just a cheap little brush head. It's not a big deal. But, you know, you put it in there, and you're turning the, the drill driver inside of it, so it's spinning around grabbing all that stuff. My gosh, I must have pulled out 30 pounds of wet dryer, <laughs> yeah. wet yeah. Sure. junk. You know, it was amazing. And the dryer the next day was a completely different dryer. Yeah. It was like we got a new dryer the next day. So that can actually absolutely help cleaning out that vent, however you get it done. We had a, a chimney sweep in here about six weeks ago, and he said that they clean dryer vents. And I wow. thought that was interesting. That because, is inter- I didn't know they did that. I didn't either. Yeah, he said, he said well, we've already got the tools, you know, to do, you know, the long distance stuff. So they do that, too. Hey, yep. Jeff, given that scenario, where's the clog? Oh, the clog is probably at the first bend, bend. Um, mm-hmm. and they they said they ran their hand up there. So your next bend would be at your top plate, because um, they did say it was running it was running up the wall and then out. Um, now another thing they could do too, they there is a um, let's call it a booster. Um, it's an inline um, fan, if you will, that will help pull that dryer um, huh. heat out of that dryer uh, because, you know, th- you can run a dryer vent so long that it just simply will not work anymore. Right. Um, so. I have had to replace a couple of parts on different dryers in, in you know, in my lifetime. One of them, uh, sometimes I've had a heating element go out 
And and if you look at a heating element, it's not much to it. It's it's a it's a long coily like wire. wire. Yeah, um, <laughs> that gets hot. That gets hot. Yeah, there's not there's not much to it. But if it does break somehow, and and that's not it's not impossible to break these things at all. Uh, they are replaceable by a normal human with instruction and tools. You just have to be careful around appliances because they will cut your hands off because the metal is always so sharp on them. Uh, but what, what, Pam, you look like you had something to say. Go for it. Well, I think dryer venting is uh, kind of a constant thing, and folks don't think about it. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, I don't know what the statistics are, but there are a lot of house fires. Oh, yes. As yes. a result of these right. not venting right. And sure. what we have to deal with, people, we're in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Our dew point is high. Right. So we're going to take a machine that's supposed to remove the water out uh-huh. of our clothes and push it down a tiny little tube yep. to try to get it to go outside. And right. what happens is that moisture that's coming out of our clothes mm-hmm. condensates on that tube. Right. And now we've got lint. So you have created concrete right. <laughs> right. in your dryer vent. Right. And that's why your dryer, you're probably that um, element goes out because yeah. it's tired. You're right, right. It can it's literally exhausted. burn out. Yes, because it's trying to push all that stuff out. And then let's take it. I just don't know. I mean, Jeff talked about this on a VA house the last time we were together. But, you know, venting straight up, you're asking a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah you are. So that booster fan really needs to be put in. And mm-hmm. also, and I'm a big advocate of this. I'm kind of a nerd. I read the manuals. Mm-hmm. Manufacturer specifications indicate that the maximum length of your dryer vent should be. And that's on every dryer. Mm-hmm. So you may want to check that out before you start running, right. you know, 20 feet of dry. Sure. That's <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you got yeah, a little is... rainstorm going on in your vent every mm-hmm. time you turn your dryer on. Right. Right. <laughs> and there there are things to check. Uh, you know, you've got your thermostats in there. There are uh, thermistors. There's uh, there's all kinds of stuff that, that, that one can look at. But the, the neat thing about a dryer, if you take the front panel of your dryer, meaning all the electronics, if you just break that off of any dryer, it's it's all the exact same stuff and there's nothing to it. It's it's a you know hundreds of year old technology in there. There's there's nothing new in there. There's nothing that's really a big deal. It's it's you know it's actually if you take the box off of your dryer, you'll notice just how much room is in there that's not dryer. Right. You know. It's, you know, the package is a lot bigger than the actual. Can I mention something, too? Yes, ma'am. Um, go outside and find out where that dryer's venting. Most of the time, you know, there's very few of them that go through the roof, but some of them do. But right. on the outside of your house. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm, I, I don't know if anybody else has noticed. Have you noticed all the acorns we're having this year? It's a bumper crop. I mean, they are everywhere. Both acorns? Yes. You think she's growing a tree in her well, I've got this tree in my backyard, and I had my shop vac out the other day vacuuming up acorns because I was trying to walk barefooted, and it was painful. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not, well, so. God's Legos. But what will happen yeah. is the little squirrel and the little mice, and they're picking up all their acorns. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to find the warmest place they can to store those, and they will go in that dryer vent. <laughs> Uh, Sounds like you're spoiling. Yeah, they will, won't they? They yeah. will, and they will yeah. store all their little acorns in your dryer. Oh, that's where they're going to cook them. Uh, all right. Yeah, that's all right. right. So you better be going out pe- and make sure that dryer vent. <laughs> Sounds like she's spoiling for a uh, exterminator show. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, thank you very much. Well, squirrel's got to eat. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got to make a living somehow. All right. It's November. Now, uh, This Old House recently launched their new podcast, Clear Story, and reached out to us to share with our listeners. And if you get a chance, you should uh, subscribe, give it a listen. Really interesting topics about building and renovations from uh, different vantage points, uh, historical, and it, it really tells a story from the historical context to the cutting edge technology. Good stuff. Built uh, uh, they, on the, the This Old House website, they released a list, the 12 fall fix up, uh, fix-ups that pay you back. Okay, these are, these are pretty cool. What do you think? Uh, what do you guys think was number one? What was the number one thing that would pay you back? On a fall fix-up. On a fall fix-up. Oh, gosh. Um, you going to paint outside your house in the fall? Maybe, maybe not. Uh... Now let's think. Let's think for efficiency, not for pretty. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. got you. Oh, weather stripping. Weather stripping caulk. Okay, okay. All right, so we're going to start at number twelve because you know that's the fun way to do this. All right, number twelve, flush the water heater. Is something you can do. Yeah. Uh, number eleven, set then forget the thermostat. Yeah, I'm guilty. Okay, I'm guilty. Number... I, I, I mess with mine all the time. I've got mine. I've got a programmable one now, yeah. and I really I, like it. Do you set it and forget it, or do you play with it all the time? I set it and forget it. And let me give you a little pointer on that. Uh-huh. Um, if you set that thermostat, if you've got one, uh-huh. and you circulate your fan, mm-hmm. it will. It's more efficient because really? yeah, because it's actually running when the when the heating element isn't on, but the heating element may still be warm. So the fan comes on intermittently every so 15 minutes. So you're saying leave the fan on, on. Not on. You can set it, like on mine, I can set it to run intermittently. Ah, really? Yes. It's fantastic, and I do it in the summer, too. Hmm. It's amazing. My well, energy bill went down, and the house really? is much more comfortable. Interesting. I've, I've got a Wi-Fi, but I can't hook it up to my phone. <laughs> Wow. So I still have to go in and mess with it. We need the everyday tech guys to. to we need the everyday up. tech guy when he comes in here. Or a 12 year old. To come fix my hook, my <laughs> right. Wi Fi. You need to get one of your grandkids to do that. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. So numbers eight is patch cracks in the driveway. I need to do this. I need to go out and get some of that goo. And and uh, put it on the cracks in the driveway. Yes, that that, that uh, gray goo that people use. Uh, well, I tell you what, that's more important than you think. And let me tell you why. Why? It's going to rain, mm-hmm. and when it, and then it's going to freeze. Mm-hmm. Now, where where where's that water? Yeah, it's, it's up the crack. underneath, yeah. and then when it when it freezes, it expands. Uh-huh. It's going to move it around. I'm going right. to write that down. I need to go home. And it's do that. very important. It's very important to do that. Okay. Okay. So, so when I write that up in a home inspection report, patch cracks yeah, in well, the driveway. Actually, the actually, Pam, your 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 driveway and your slab should not be connected. Those, right. Those two right. slabs move independently. Right. So that is one seal joint that should be sealed on every build. Is is where the apron comes down and your driveway meets that apron. That that should be two separate pours, and that should be a caulk point right there. Okay. You know what I see is the form boards in there all the time. They've not moved them out. Well, that that could be expansion joints too, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys gotten deep on us. I know it. Hang on. Sorry. Move on. All right. Replace. Uh, no, this is absolutely real. Replace damaged asphalt roof shingles. Yes. Uh, one missing shingle can ruin a Thanksgiving. Promise. Promise. Uh, install a. Oh, no, Jeff won't like this. No, I guess you will. Install a solar roof vent fan. 
No. I, I like continuous ridge vent. Yeah. Okay, yeah, continuous yeah. ridge vent. The only person who benefits from those is the guy who makes them. Makes them. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, True. number five, remove aggressive vines. I did that yep. last weekend. There was a vine. I had no idea it was mine because it basically took up the entire corner of a, of, of a yard, of part of my yard that, that I shared with my neighbor. And I, I thought, thought it was your vine. I thought it was their vine. I was, <laughs> and for years, I've been like, man, that jerk needs to God, cut this why down. Won't he cut, why <laughs> won't he cut his vine? It has been killing me. And finally, man. I walked out there and looked at the fence and literally kind of got down on my hands and knees and looked and see what side of the fence that vine was on. Because you had to crawl through 30 so, feet of crap to get to it. So know? did you go tell the guy? <laughs> no, I didn't. I just cut it down and <laughs> disposed of it. So as you know what he was saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Why won't the guy cut <laughs> it? Cut no, no, he just had a finally that guy cut it party. So, oh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all right, uh, let's keep on moving. Let's go uh, seal exhaust vents. Seal exhaust vents. No clue what that is personally. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, we'll say that's for northern houses. Yeah, okay. because you still. Want that exhaust vent to exhaust, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, and I've seen some people, co- they'll get up on their roofs and put garbage bags over their turbines. Mm. But what that's huh? doing is that prevents the moisture from coming yeah, out. Right. Once again, you southern houses. You don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Yes. How to build mold, 101. Sure. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, button up interior doors to the basement and garage. Okay. Button uh, up. What does it mean, button up? You know what? You fill that in. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that Number means. two, add storm windows. You know, by three o'clock this afternoon. Right, right. Mm. No, okay, but yeah, add storm windows. That would be great. That would be a, that's a northern thing. Do it you is. see that? It I is. don't see nah, that. You, you see it very, very older uh, houses, maybe. Very, very rarely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now this one does. This one does. This is the number one. The one that you guys were shooting for. You ready? Java, you want to drum roll or? A, yeah, just beat on the desk. Here we go. <laughs> Number one, uh, beef up insulation in an unfinished attic. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That it's, sure. It says you're, you're, the thing that will, uh, uh, building renovations from different vantage points. Um, I'm sorry. This was for November and things that could save you for the winter. Sure. Can I insert something there? And Jeff, I'd love to get your feedback on this. That sounds like that list was... Written for houses that are, well, I call them north of Memphis. Yeah, north of Memphis. Um, but sealing up, I mean, insulating your attic or sealing it up. The problem that I see is that we have an exchange of air between our attic and our living area. And it's because we've got all these holes in our ceiling, specifically around ducting or canned uh, lights. Can lights. And so then you put that, that, that motorized fan in the attic and let's just suck all the conditioned air (laughs) right out of the house. Right. So I'm kind of a nerd. And when I started inspecting houses 17 years ago, I learned about sealing houses. So I called my mom over. I said, Mama, I need you to come over because if I fall through my ceiling, I need somebody to dial 911. And I got up in my attic with some of that spray foam and I foamed around every duct, Mm -hmm. every register boot, every canned light and just tried to minimize my air exchange between my attic and my house and my energy bill went thoop. yep well look I, I listen I've, I've said this several times go home get a get a lighter put it in front of your receptacle 
and 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 chances are if it's an older home, you're going to have air coming through there. Coming through the receptacle. Um, you know, it's funny. They make a little retro pad that you can they, put inside the box. That's right. They <laughs> they make that or go up in your attic if you can get to that top plate mm-hmm. and seal that hole right there. Where the, where the, yeah, uh, where the wires where, go where through. Where the wire goes through. Now, Doug Rye will tell you, uh, average size house, if those receptacles are not sealed it's like having a window open in your Mm -hmm. house full time Mm -hmm. really yep yeah on your exterior walls so you want to go around on your exterior good point that that that's right yeah people on on the exterior interior doesn't matter doesn't matter as much and also around plumbing penetrations okay especially on an exterior wall well let me let me recant that interior does count yeah where's it going to the attic it's going in the attic yeah you're right all right Oh, the anyway, crawl space. hey, it's Monday, <laughs> right? So, the, uh, something like that. Arm wrestling match will continue. It's time for our last break of the hour. I'm Jason Klein here with Jeff Samus from Houseworks, Pam from Inspect It Like a Girl. We will be back in just a second. To wrap up the show with a few more emails. And if you want to join the show, send your home improvement questions to our email, fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPV Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Jeff Sammons from Houseworks, uh, wadding up some paper this morning. Hey, there it is, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, we're also with Home Inspector Pam from Inspect It Like a Girl. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or our MPB public media app. Uh, okay, got a couple of emails here that I want to get to you guys before we need to wrap up the show real quick. Number one. Uh, I have a wooden door with a deadbolt. However, if someone comes to the door, I have no way to open it with any security. What can I do to provide myself some measure of safety? Thank you, cautious little old lady. Uh, well, cautious, uh, there's uh, my first thought is, is you or someone you know helping to put in a peephole sure. so you can know who's out there. That would be my first thing. Or a... a Another idea that's that's really popular right now is get yourself a ring doorbell or a or a uh, you know one of the video doorbell type uh, things. Yeah, that's what I would do. I would too. Okay, I, I do the I do the video doorbell. Yeah, the best and, security uh, is not opening your door unless you sure. have to. That's right. So I really believe that yeah, it's something that you can see and what this will do uh, when you hook it up, uh, cautious little old lady, is that uh, you can have this. Uh, doorbell has a camera on it and it can show you in any number of different devices who is at your door on a screen whether it be your phone or a tablet or or TV or something like that and the great thing about that you do not have to be at home no no, you can you can be out shopping and someone can That's deliver right. a, uh, something to your home and you can accept it you you will get an alert letting mm-hmm. you know someone is at your door and mm-hmm. uh Look on your phone and see who it is. The world has opened a new opportunity for you there. I can't, because yeah. I can't even get my <laughs> my thermostat to hook up. He's still but, looking right. for the 12-year-old. Right. That's right. 
So, uh, okay, here we're going to go one more before we go. Uh, from Helen, what could be wrong when the hot water doesn't flow well like the cold water does? It may start with a good stream, but after four or five minutes, it drops to just a trickle, the hot water. What do you think we've got here? We've got they need a, to, you know, you had on that November list, you needed to flush the water. <laughs> flush the water? Well, well, and it does sound like corrosion, maybe even on the heating element. Uh, did you hear that, Jeff? Yeah. Like, um, uh, after about 45 minutes, it just loses its ability to heat. What are you doing with your hot water on for 45 minutes? Four to five. Four to five. five. I was going to say, man, no wonder you don't have any hot water. Four or five. That's my redneck self that you heard. (laughs) um, So, no, yeah, four to five minutes, it drops to just a trickle. Heating element? Water heater? What uh, What about an expansion tank? Does it need to? Hmm. That's usually a hammer that does that. Uh, what uh, it's, it sounds as though if something is happening over a few minutes, as though something is expanding, maybe something ugly has gotten in the line or, or, or in the. Did she say it was tankless or tanked? Or, uh, or she she did not say. say. She didn't say. Uh, just said the hot water doesn't flow well like the cold water does. It may start with a good stream, but after four or five minutes, just drops to just a trickle. Well, that unless you got be, like a thirty-gallon tank. Yeah, or mm-hmm. if it's an older house, it could be those pipes are corroded. I mean, if you've got so galvanized sound, lines. Yeah, it's that's what it sounds like. All right. Well, we'll figure it out some other time. Yeah. All right. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Java Chapman. For Jeff Simmons and our guest Pam of Inspect It Like a Girl, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for Everyday Tech with Jay White and join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio.